Welcome to Adventure, an e-commerce podcast that isn't just about numbers and profits. It's about the visionaries who have carved their path, navigated challenges, and left an indelible mark on the e-commerce landscape. Um, joining us today is Drew, hopefully I say your name right, Perticizzi? Perticizzi? Close, Perticizzi. Perticizzi, okay. Uh, Drew's the entre entrepreneurial mind behind Mail Click Profit. He embarked on his Amazon FBA journey in early 2015. Transitioning from the world of holistic healthcare with brick and mortar clinics, he knew he had to level up to succeed on Amazon and invested over a quarter of a million dollars for e-commerce training. Uh, but thanks to success, Drew acquired an e-com coaching company in 2020 for multiple millions and now humorously claims the title of the highest paid massage therapist on the planet. <laughs> Known for his battle with shiny object syndrome or squirrel, he steadfastly mm -hmm. believes personal development is the true precursor to professional excellence. And as a lifelong coach with multifaceted roles, health, life, and business, Drew has enriched the lives of thousands, crafting bespoke solutions for the unique challenges faced by individuals and entrepreneurs alike. At the helm of Mail Click Profit, he now dedicates himself to empowering Amazon sellers, offering advanced email marketing strategies that promise not just revenue, but scalable growth. So welcome, Drew. That was quite a bio, I have to say. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and Thank also you. joining us uh, will be Joseph Phillips, account manager with BidX. Uh, Joe has a passion for all things e-commerce. And at BidX, he handles ad strategy for enterprise clients in the U.S. Um, I, you know, normally go into asking people to tell us about their journey, but I feel like we got a pretty good handle on that with your bio. So I'm going to warm us up with just a few like really softball questions. Um, and we're going to do like a little bit of a speed round just to get things warmed up. So my first question to you is cat or dog? Oh, uh, both. Although uh, <laughs> at the moment, cat. Okay. Coffee or tea? coffee early bird or night owl oh night owl definitely summer or winter oh, summer <laughs> uh, adventure travel or relaxation uh adventure travel perfect um book or movie uh ooh, that's a tough one um ooh, uh, 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 i'm gonna go with book all right and this for some reason trips everybody up pancakes or waffles Ooh, uh, pancakes. <laughs> well, thanks for playing with our speed round. We, you know, we've gotten to know you now. Um, what's been the highlight of your week so far, Drew? The highlight of my week? I would have to say this. I've been looking forward to this uh, this interview all week long. We have as well. We're so excited to get into it. Um, I have to say one of the things that's most important to me in my role, or really to be fair in any personal interaction, is showing up uh, authentically. I just feel that, you know, when you show up as yourself, it just provides that safe space for others to kind of also show up authentically. Um, and I have to say that I can see from your website that humor plays a huge part in your presence. I will definitely be directing everybody to your website because I was crying laughing while I was reading it. Um, <laughs> so I'm hoping that you can tell me a little bit about your personal philosophy on how you present yourself and those things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, so yeah, humor is definitely a huge, huge part of my life. Um, I, I've always gone, I've always tried to look at life um, from the perspective that there are very few things in life that aren't in some way funny. 
You know, if if there's a choice between laughing and crying, I'm going to choose laughing every time. Right. Um, I was uh, spent about two decades as a holistic healthcare practice practitioner, as a massage therapist and as an acupuncturist. And uh, I tell you, to this day, I still believe one of the most powerful healing forces really is that laughter is the best medicine. And so I would, I was always looking for opportunities to help make people, make, uh, excuse me, make people laugh. Um, and it's, it's really, really powerful. And so I try to bring that same philosophy to uh, the e-com world, uh, whether it's e-com products or whether it's um, you know, coaching, teaching, whether it's email marketing, whatever it is, uh, I just think humor is one of the one of the best icebreakers you can possibly bring to the game. Well, you know, it's super rare in this sort of landscape, right? Um, everybody's business, business, business. And so it was pretty refreshing uh, to go to your website and be like, oh my gosh, this reads like, you know, like a comic book almost, but, you know, very full of content and very informative, but um, added that little bit of lightness that's like, you know, guys, we can do this. We don't have, it's not as serious as you think it is, which I think is just like a wonderful approach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. I, I put my heart and soul into that website. I had so much fun writing it. And I knew that if I was going to be promoting something where um, I was asking people to trust me with, with templates that I would create for them, for their email marketing, I knew I had to bring my A game to anything that I created there. So and your voice, uh, right? Fun. What you want you wanted to present is, you know, everything in your voice, which it definitely showcases your personality. Um, I think Joe has a few questions for you. Joe, you wanna take over? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> it's funny, Jeanette, looking through the website, I, I saw the same thing. I um I like as soon as I got down to the part where it starts saying, blah ha 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 ha, I <laughs> couldn't help but also start laughing. Um, and <laughs> there's something to be said for effective copy work too. Um, like, you know, it's all about getting people interested, getting them to read down, fall down the slippery slope, understand what it is that you're trying to sell them and really get them in. Um, so I, I guess kind of on top of that, great copy work aside, what are like the biggest tap tactics that you use to optimize your open rate? Um, the, the amount of time someone's reading the email and overall just positive KPIs from your emails. Right, right. Uh, so um, one of the, probably one of the most influential pieces of, um, of that for me has been uh, incorporating psychological triggers. So I'm sure you guys have heard of Robert Cialdini. Um, most most likely everyone listening to this has probably heard of Robert Cialdini and his book Influence and Persuasion. If anybody listening to this hasn't uh, read those books or, or heard of them, go pick them up. They are some of the most profound and yet uh, easily accessible, uh, uh, what do I want to call them, um, textbooks on how to influence people's thinking in a way that helps them move towards whatever it is you're trying to point them to, right? So one of the things I'm always incorporating into my copy are those principles, the uh, principles of, of authenticity. I, I don't think that's actually one of Cialdini's, but it's definitely one of mine. Um, but also um, being able to trigger uh, social proof, uh, uh, 
uh, tribe, um, uh, the the mixed uh, triggers of uh, greed and selflessness. Greed, not I'm, uh, there's no negative attachment to that word here, but we all have you know we all have things that we want to um, achieve and do and get in this life. Uh, that that's the kind of greed I'm talking about, not like the not the not the socially destructive greed. Um, the, good, the good greed, but then. Got it. Yeah, exactly. The good greed. Yeah. And then, but on the flip side, we also all want to be able to contribute. We feel good when we help other people accomplish things or feel better or become better. Um, and so incorporating those things into the copy, especially when you're talking about physical products and you're talking about um, how you can incorporate those uh, the those constructs into your writing is is really really powerful, and I, I kid you not when I when I first read uh, Influence by Robert Cialdini, I immediately went in and revised all my copy on my on the listings that I had at the time, and incorporating those just into the bullet points, I saw overnight I saw a forty percent bump in sales. Wow! Wow! Crazy! It's, yeah. it's not it's not different from even like project management or business management and the you know extrinsic versus the intrinsic reward system you know greed versus selflessness um i can see a yeah. lot of similarities between that um and what you're saying absolutely makes sense but i can tell you that translating what you have just said into an email marketing campaign is I don't think that it's as seamless as <laughs> as what you've described. And so, you know, for people that are listening or for people that are wanting to, you know, launch email marketing, um, I would just direct them to you because I think that not not many people are are going to be able to do that as seamlessly as you did. Yeah, yeah, it's it's something that takes a lot of time. I've spent thousands of hours working on this and learning it and studying it and taking courses and, you know, getting instruction from people who are much better at it than I am. Uh, so yeah, it's not something that's, that's, that's quick and easy for sure. I see that you, you work across um, a, a few different ecosystems. You, you're within Shopify. You do a lot with Amazon. Um, if I'm an Amazon seller and I can get a template or I can plug something into chat GPT and just be done and just kind of send it out. How do you think that's going to work for me as a seller, as opposed to just, as opposed to using great copy work and you know having the best of the best like you offer so part of what's part of what's going on in the back of my head now is projecting out a year from now if somebody's listening to this a year from when we're recording this i have no idea honestly like the i i i'm i'm all in on ai and chat gpt i use it consistently and constantly i'm actually in the background i'm trying to build out an API using ChatGPT to create the email marketing templates that um, I'll eventually be able to provide to people through a, uh, through a specific software that I'm building. Um, so all that said, I might be working myself out of a job. <laughs> it, I, I, because, I sincerely doubt that because, you know, the thing that ChatGPT doesn't get is tone, right? Um, I exactly. saw a hilarious meme the other day that that had like write a business letter and then it kept saying make it sound more ominous and uh as they progressed the email got ridiculous um yeah but, but yeah. that's something that it doesn't you know it's very clinical 
obviously it's scouring, you know, the internet for all of these tidbits that are very factual, but it doesn't have the human touch. It doesn't have, you know, the tone that you want. So exactly. I think you're safe too. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's yeah. One of the things too. So this is one of the, uh, the flip side predictions that I have is that I think there's going to be, uh, I'm not sure how big it's going to be, but there's going to be, there's going to be a bit of a, um, uh, a backlash against AI written material. Cause I'm at the point now because I've worked with it so much that I can, within the first sentence, I can spot chat GPT written material. Like, and it drives me nuts. Now I actually get to the <laughs> point where I get a little bit angry because it's so obviously AI. Um, and it's that it is that human touch, right? Like there's at least right now, it's not even coming close to being able to mimic that. So uh, custom written, well uh, thought out copy, you just can't beat it. Not at this point anyway. Yeah, I agree. I agree for yeah. sure. Yeah, where where that's going, I have no idea. And I'm excited to see, but we'll, yeah. Well, it's gonna, it's funny because one of my questions was going to be like, where do you see, you know, what trends do you see? Where do you see us being five years from now? And, you know, obviously if, if you knew that I would pay you a lot of money because, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but you're right. There is, there is going to be, I think a, a flip to it and we're already seeing that, right. We're already seeing uh, tools that are coming out that can scan uh, for AI written articles or um, block them totally. So um, I think we'll find a balance somewhere. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, but sure. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah. think you're safe. Uh, you yeah. mentioned that you know one of your sort of fortes is helping people, individuals, and entrepreneurs overcome unique challenges. So I'm curious, as you've gone through this process, um, what are some of those challenges that you've either overcome yourself going through scaling up, starting a business, um, or uh, through clients have seen come up again and again that you've helped them overcome. Right. This is a challenging one. I've, I've spent a lot of time this past week uh, thinking about this, knowing this was, you know, gonna, we were going to chat about this. And at the end of the day, I really truly believe that 99% of the things that we run into as entrepreneurs are they it all comes down to mindset and it all comes down to the belief that we have in ourselves that we can either we can or can't uh figure those those problems out right so whatever the problem is whether it's dealing with you know like an amazon suspension or whether it's dealing with you know some black hat tactics from a competitor or you know whatever it might be um the 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 problems that we have to overcome it all comes down to a matter of just not quitting you know like the vast majority of people i've seen that have uh that have failed they they failed because they they weren't doing the things that they needed to and then they didn't keep working at it to continue to build my myself like i i this the uh in my bio, what I said about the shiny object syndrome being an issue is a massive problem for me, right? Uh, and it's something that I have to constantly work at to overcome. And so building in uh, building in guardrails for myself, uh, building in structure and routine that can help me get the things done that I need to get done, 
rather than chasing another squirrel. Um, that's that for me is the most critical. Um, and if you can, well, if you can nail that stuff, you can take care of everything else. What was that? It, so it sounds like just being really self-aware um, is is really important in order to you know kind of push through and keep going and knowing what those what those things are personally mm -hmm. that that are challenges for you. You know, we have a saying at this company that's fail forward, and um, you know, essentially the same philosophy. We're given a lot of grace when we um, you know make mistakes, although I don't mm -hmm. know that I would call them mistakes when we have learning experiences and uh you know the trick is not to just stop at that point you know and and take that failure and you know move it forward to the next level yeah. so um yeah. that's a good philosophy yeah i like that we 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 have a very similar saying we say fail on fast forward <laughs> okay yeah. yeah. If you're gonna yeah. fail. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If you're gonna fail, get it get it out of the way as fast as possible. Learn yeah. from it and move on. It's yeah. like one of those when you fall and you don't want anybody to see you, so you, you know, bounce back up really fast. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Dust yourself off. That's exactly right. Nobody saw that. I'm okay. That's exactly right. Um, <laughs> you know, part of this podcast is about, you know, innovation. So I'm curious um how tech has sort of assisted you in you know your company how you how do you embrace technology and innovation in in what you do mm -hmm. uh yeah it's tech is is obviously is is an incredibly important piece of what we're doing here um the uh, we've already talked about the ai aspect i think that's going to be one of the biggest pieces of this because we're getting to the point now where you, you you're going to be able to type in a command and it's going to build you a piece of software to do what you want to do people are already doing that um so i i'm constantly researching new software new companies new SaaS products to try to find things that will make our processes better and faster and easier um and yeah it's it, the the tech side of it is is constantly evolving, and so staying on top of that is really really important. Something like with BidX, like with what you guys are doing, having the you know the automated platform for making PPC easier and faster. I mean, God, how do you get more valuable than that? Uh, for somebody like me, I I'm terrible at PPC. Like I just do not, I don't have the I don't have the attention span for it. Um, and so having automated systems and having either either systems that can do it for you, like BitX, or you know, taking the time to build out an entire team to handle it, you know, those are the two options for somebody like me. I much prefer the automated option like BitX. Um, well, I think that's a great segue to you know, one of our last questions, obviously our podcast um, is called Adventure. And I just had to chuckle at just the alignment of your website. And you say, um, there are too many other adventures to be had in life. Um, and so, did you forget you said that? Yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> you know, let uh -huh. us do this for you. You need to be, you know, out doing some adventuring. So. You know, we always ask everybody, what is the most adventurous thing? Um, and you seem like a pretty adventurous person. Uh, so I'm curious as what the answer is going to be. What's the most adventurous thing 
that you've done? Ooh, um, I'm trying to sort out between adventurous and stupid. Um, <laughs> I've done a lot of stupid things. I'm actually kind of surprised I'm still alive um, that I survived my teens and early twenties. Um, I think I'll, I'll, I'll share one that's a, that to this day makes my stomach drop a little bit. Uh, I was traveling right after I graduated from college, University of Washington. I was traveling with three friends in Ireland. And there is this place that is insanely famous called the Cliffs of Moher. And it's insanely famous because in the movie, The Princess Bride, it's the Cliffs of Insanity. That is, those are the Cliffs of Moher, right? They are 700 feet tall, sheer. And it's 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 a hundred feet taller than the Space Needle here in Seattle. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, when yeah when I first got there, like I I was like it was, definitely had like the dizzy thing because you get too close and you just get all weird. Uh -huh. And then we after maybe about an hour there, um, one of the people I was there with, she and I both like desensitized really fast to this, and we thought it would be fun to walk right up to the edge, which we did. And we thought it would be really fun to put our toes over the edge, which we did. And there's this really strong wind that comes up off of the ocean there. And we thought it would be really fun to lean into the wind. Mm, you thought that would be fun, huh? Yeah, yeah. So we were literally <laughs> leaning into the wind over these 700 foot cliffs and then, you know, got ourselves back. Obviously I'm still alive, so I, I didn't die. Um, but I was telling somebody about it later, one of the locals, and he was like, you idiot. Do you know there are half a dozen people that die every year doing that? Like, do you know how because many? Because the, the wind will awesome. stop. Yeah, the, the wind can just like cut off. That is crazy. Yeah, like yeah, I, I, I might file that self, no. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. What I might that? file that one under both adventurous and maybe a little yeah. stupid, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They're not mutually exclusive, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes one or the other, or one in the same. Well, you know, I, I've definitely sensed a theme with all of the the folks that I've spoken with, um, and that running theme through everyone is they are intensely curious, um, mm -hmm. they love problem solving, and they for sure have an adventurous spirit. And I, to be honest, I'm actually shocked that nobody has said when I've asked that question, starting a business because I think that is a pretty adventurous thing to do. It's a good point, yeah. Um, it's a good point. We only have a few more minutes, but I would love to just offer you a little bit of time. I do wanna hear um, what you can offer any new projects or product features or anything that you'd like to share about Mail Click Profit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so we've already spoken a little bit about it, but just to give it more of a, a, a clear, cut answer to what that is. Uh, MailClick Profit is specifically, it's a done for you template-based service uh, for Amazon sellers and also for Shopify sellers that helps them to scale their profit and their businesses using email marketing, using real email marketing to their Amazon customers and their Shopify customers. One of the big challenges for Amazon is how do you capture the real email addresses? We teach them, we teach people exactly how to do that and how to capture as many as 70 to 80% of the emails of all of their Amazon purchases. And then using those emails to follow up, to build raving brand fans and to use 
that list and use that loyal following to be able to launch new products, rank existing products, and basically just scale like crazy. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think people really think about that with all of the, you know, data privacy issues. Everything is so anonymized now. And mm -hmm. yeah, so so I don't know if people are, are taking it to that next step and saying, how can I kind of capture um, all of those those emails, all of those customers yeah. so that I can, you know, show them my appreciation or build that that fan uh, customer loyalty. Um, mm -hmm. So that's super helpful, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is it is one of the rising trends in Amazon that I see happening. Uh, one the one big trend is AI, and the other big trend is being able to drive external traffic. Um, in if you look at Amazon's brand referral bonus guide, like where they teach brands how to use their brand referral, they actually show a graph that shows the highest converting traffic. Email converts at twice the level of any other form of traffic, including organic search. Wow. And so Amazon loves to get email referral traffic. That's amazing. Those are amazing stats. It's incredible. It really is. And so Amazon, that's, that's one of the reasons Amazon is motivated to pay you 10% of their 15%, 10% of your sales out of their 15% referral bonus. So they're giving up two thirds of their profit to get you to drive external traffic. That's, that's that, amazing. That, wow. Yeah, that, that, that has to tell you something. So emails, emails huge. Um, well, I think that we're just about out of time, um, but I wanted to thank you so much. I've been looking forward to this. I always enjoy chatting with you. Um, if anybody that's listening wants to check out, um, you can go to, I think it's get.mailclickprofit.com. So please mm -hmm. do, if for no other reason than to read how hilarious this website is, I guarantee it will make you smile. Um, thanks for Joe for being here and please click subscribe on our adventure podcast for even more amazing interviews. Thank you, Drew. Thank you.